Alright, we're recording. What you gotta do is you gotta lean in a little bit if you wanna talk. But it's pretty clear, it's pretty good, pretty good quality. You right. could uh, splash I... out on a few microphones, even. I know. Yeah, it I'm might be doable. To... I'm sure you can get like a mixer that would interface Tim's with that. Eating peanut butter, so it's mm. all... You can. Right, so I'm here with Tim Sailplane, Tim Julio of Frederick Effects. Mm. Um, and. I just burped. I just burped. And, t- and Tim's daughter, Astrid. And just also Stacey Sailplane, Hein. Also from Frederick Effects and uh, Cloak Audio. Yeah, except no invitations. No one ever talks about Cloak Audio. It's a, almost as if it were a secret. Yeah. Um, and um, so we're doing a podcast in their house. All right, so explain the history. The, explain the history between us. I think I went to school with you. Yeah. A secondary school. Yeah. After you transferred from East Barnet School. Yeah. Um, why did you transfer from East Barnet? Because there What's was the girls there, so I had to leave. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know why. I was trying to get into another school, and it didn't happen. So I ended up at East Barnet for a bit, and then I went to QE Boys, which was apparently better. They, they so, speak so, about so, it in so reverence, the two, don't they? The two best schools in Barnet, Folds for little ones, and yeah. QE Boys. Um, and anyway, and Tim um, got together with Stacey because they were in a band, and then Tim um, molested you uh, or wooed you, and now you're together. Children children. molested. No, I've got lots of children. Yeah, so this is the early... It help that he's eating, that's annoying me. Mm. It's, it's, it's all right, um, it's not professional, yeah. but it's all right. So this is the early late night review show, so what we're going to do is we're going to do a review of leaving your job and setting up your own business. That's, yes. I could do that, that's easy. Yeah, because yeah. Tim owns Frederick Effects and he escaped the office mm. to um, follow your dream. Your how, second how, dream. I thought, I thought, I thought about, about this, I was trying to work out how many hours a week I actually work. I think it's less than 20 hours a week. Oh, that's good. Mm. I mean, I turn up for 30 hours, 35 hours. I wouldn't yeah. say I work 35 but hours. But you leave it at work. You don't most bring people, it home. Most people who work yeah. in an office don't work anything near that. I, I had a, a golden era at FMC. Fuck my cunt. <laughs> um, which I, I think from about 2010 to... Wait, what does mid- FMC mean? Fuck my cunt. Yeah, but why, what's that? Um, I can't remember. I can't remember what it actually stands for. Oh, okay. So, so you work but, for FMC, a company called FMC. But the words, right? the, they, they, they publish magazines, media communications. It doesn't even mean anything. It's kind of like... It's one of those nonsense things. It's a magazine where you click media, teeth, isn't it? How would you have media that didn't communicate all media? Well, I think he chose it just because FMC but, stands for something rude. Yeah. But he thought, you know, I'm going to have a bit of a joke here. Well, FMB, um, there's that, there was that oh. band, do you remember, called FMB? No, was John, John Scott. John Scott had a band Gash. called FMG, F, F My Gash. FMG, yeah. did he? Yeah. John, jo- Johnny, the, yeah. the guy who... Oh, it's funny, I was thinking about him yesterday. He's yeah. in a band called Stereo Cilia now. Which is just him. But he was in a band by himself called Fuck My Gash. <laughs> FMG. Hi, Astrid. Yeah, Astrid's got her headphones on, so yeah, we're all right. We're all right. Um, but there was a band called FMB, which do you remember? In the in the early nineties, mm. they had a documentary made about them, and uh, they were a little bit kind of grungy. They were a bit pearl jammy. Did the B stand for mm. bum? No, it was fuck my boots. Boots. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a phrase. It's like it's phrase. Yeah. Oh, no, it's not a phrase. It's, the phrase is fuck me boots. <laughs> Yeah, that, so she's laughing got, at Shrek. I'd just like to add that she does have headphones on. And he's laughing at Shrek. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, it's me, not my then. It's a specific, specific sort of boot, which is a tall, a, a, like an ankle boot, isn't it? It's F-me, F-me boots. I know. I no, thought knee-high boots. Knee it's, boots. Knee boots. it's like prostitute it? boots. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you see, so you have the short skirt and you have the the FMBs. Do you honestly think ankle boots would do it? I like the. I like the nice contrast between talking about <laughs> fucking boots and a small child in the background she watching cartoons. She actually cannot hear us. No, I know, I know, I know. <clears throat> anyway, um, so what were we talking about? Uh, Go back to yeah. So you, you're telling me about escaping from your job. How many hours a week? Uh, yeah, no, I had a, a glorious period in like 2010 to about mid 2011, in which I would probably do an hour a day work at most. If that, but you had to turn up there. That's the problem. Yeah. Well, no, I I didn't. I only had to turn up three days a week. So I turned up three days a week and did an hour at most. Yeah, then but then you get bored sl- sitting in the office. I kind of did, but um, yeah. But then the job turned into something where you were the 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 Jeeves to the boss, where you would have to. No, that was clean a, the that was the valet. That was everyone else in the office. Like all the all the other kids. They would have to like clean his car or pick up his kids from school. Yeah. They were they they well they were running errands and stuff, picking up the boss's kids and things. Because because I moved to some some other web design company that was like actually in the grounds of the boss's house. Um, so people ended up like going doing a school run and things like that for him. And it was a media company, a uh, website company. So that's what I was going to say. When yeah. I was working in um, in some office somewhere, um, we came up with a slogan which was. Ownership enables empowerment because it's one of those things that you hear that doesn't mean anything. A bit like media communication. Ownership enables empowerment. Yeah, and we used to put it on stuff and say, "Remember, ownership enables empowerment." Because it doesn't mean anything. It's just one of those because it's got it's got enables in it, enabling. It's got empowerment in it. Owning. Owning. Oh, you got to own it. So it's just one of those nonsense phrases. It it kind of does make sense because if you if you if you have the means, if you have if you have the ownership, you like the ownership of the presses, the ownership of the media. Then you have a lot of power. It's, this sounds like there's management courses you go on that work. You know, and they've got yeah, exactly. Like acronym. And it's the acquisition. If you own things, if you own more things, you've got more power. Yeah, but you could also have empowerment enables ownership. It does as well. If yeah, exactly. You power, yeah. If you have more power, you can take. Yeah, but that's the whole point. It just means you nothing. If you have power, you probably have money, yeah. so you can afford to acquire things, and it's that's all. It's, what's it about, isn't it? About acquiring. It sounds like a Tory more, slogan, though. I'm stuff. surprised they've not used that one. Yeah. yeah. Get out on your bike. Look for work. Mm. Right. So, um, what are we saying? So, tell me how you left your job. Tell me how you took the plunge. Um, well. Uh, uh, I think at mid-2012, I think we'd just been away and I was going through a particularly bad time at work. And um, It's always after a holiday that you want to leave. Well, yeah, it was, but there was a, sort of, there was a few other factors as well. And it sort of, um, it, it got particularly bad. And um, I've no, I don't think I've ever done a, oh no, I have done a, a, a period of notice at work. Usually I just bottle it up until it gets worse and worse and worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. And then I just go, right, screw you guys, I'm going. Right, not, not doing any notes, I'm just going to leave. What do you do about a CV? Hmm. I've never had to use a CV for anything. Really? I've, I've never, well, I haven't had a job interview in about 20 years. Really? Well, you didn't get an interview for that job? No. I had a... Um... Oh, no, I had a job interview for that, for that and that was in um, 1990... Uh, no, 2000. Uh, right, I, I've completely lost my thread. I was going to say something. Um, no, so no, hang, you've on, never, hang on. You've never relied on a CV or a reference for a job then? That's so you, weird. How did you escape that? Because the work I did for this company, 
I worked for there, and then I kind of, I was kept on a retainer. After the dot-com crash, I was kept on a retainer and, um, for a while, well, for, for the whole time I wasn't working there. And I worked for this other... Oh, no, I did have an interview in about 2002 for a, um, a data company who were real shitbags. Did I, did I tell you recently what, what I had to go through with my... Uh, I did you got interviewed it, and had to go to hotels and, like... Uh, no, I... I, I point I, selection process. I got... No, it wasn't a hotel. I don't know where you got that. Uh, that, that job, that graduate job you went for where you had to... Where they put you up in a hotel and you um, got interviewed. No, that wasn't yeah, me. You, it was you. You, in a hotel? Ages, yeah, it was ages ago. You got, you got like, through to the, the last two. It was some graduate job ages ago. That's happened to me loads. I've got down to the last two, about four or five interviews, uh. and they've not picked me. But anyway, I had a, um, I had an interview for Innocent. The smoothies. The smoothies, yeah. And I had, so I had, I had to apply online, and that's kind of an interview in the sense that you have to fill in all your stuff and justify it. It's like a right. application for, you know, I tell me why you want to join and tell me what you can do and what you can. Do. So I did that. Then they telephone interviewed me for about twenty minutes. So I did that. And then they invited me to interview with the uh, some woman from HR. Right. And then I did that. So that's yeah. three interviews, basic, basically. That's wasting yeah. a lot of your time. Yeah. And then they invited me back for um, a five-hour interview. What? What? And I did a five-hour interview. I met about five. Uh, yeah, I met about five, six people. They did like. Uh, loads of questions, different types of questions. They gave me like lateral thinking questions, like how many people use the tube each day, and how many do you, th- you know, calculation stuff. And um, I had to do a presentation, so they gave me stuff to do a presentation. Anyway, so I did all of that. I got, I got through. I know it exhausted me it, it, mentally over those weeks. I was like really exhausted by it because it's so much. What is the job? What is the position? It was, um, it was, for? it was to do with. I don't want to say too much, but no, it was to do with uh, project. Project management, basically, and Five yeah, and then and then what happened at the end is they 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 didn't get in contact with me for about two weeks, and then when they rang me up, they went, yeah, you haven't got the job because we've decided we're not going to fill that post. No, they're getting rid of uh, the post that they were advertising for and looking for somebody more senior because they because what they what they were doing was basically it was it was like I was going for like a really really like senior role, and I was thinking there could have been the MI five. It's Oh, the MI5 one. I did an MI5 one. Oh, right. Okay. Why yeah. didn't you get that? Because uh, I didn't pass the exam. The exam was really difficult. Oh, okay. Uh, um, and I'm not clever enough. When did I, you go to wanna... the Canary Wharf one? Was that recently then? Yeah. Oh, I don't want to work in Canary Wharf. No. Can't be, just can't be bothered. Like, I'm done with interviewing. Butterflies. No, no. I, can't. I went in and I was like... I went in and immediately I was like, I can't be bothered talking to either of you. And, I, and then I just sat there and they were saying, oh, how would you, like, in terms of working with uh, stakeholders, how would you engage people in a project that they don't, and, you're, and I was just like, I don't know, I'll, I'll, like, I'll go talk to them and stuff. It was like, it was literally like, and I came out. That is how you traditionally engage a stakeholder. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I phoned them up, I phoned, the agency phoned me up and then and they said, I had to go. And I was like, I've got to be honest with you, I haven't got the job, I know I haven't. Because I was just like, I can't be bothered with it. Right, so before we go on, who wants a beer? So not it's like having a TV is that you can pick yeah, quality like programs like from across the world. <laughs> she's an old woman though. So she's it's no, like she's not. So, so it's like Murder She Wrote. Older woman. She's like um, she's the lady in the Babadook. 
You what, mate? You know the Babadook? You haven't seen the Babadook? <laughs> no. The Babadook's like a horror film um, from Australia with Essie Davis, and she also plays... Essie Davis? I feel like I'm talking to my grandma. Who's Essie Davis? <laughs> she plays... She's, she's in the new Game of Thrones. She's one of the players. Oh, in the I don't Game watch Game of Thrones. Oh. Do you watch Game of Thrones? Yes, what? we do. Yeah, I do a bit. Yeah. This is the Babadook. Oh, the Babadook. Right. It's this a scary guy. Film. It's like um, it's like um. Oh, the Babadook. The yeah. Babadook. Well, he looks like oh, he looks like one of the singing minstrels. Yeah, from it um, does. From, yeah, uh, it looks like a racist uh, League, cartoon. League, League of Gentlemen. Oh, he's pretty evil. So. He's like the guy from League of Gentlemen. So he's but, probably racist, but um, yeah. but he's probably a bigot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But anyway, no, she's like sort of forties and a bit randy, and um, there's this one scene. Where possibly the best the best piece of television I've ever seen, where um, there's a deadly spider and it's like crawling because they're in Australia. Yeah, Australia. All the spiders are deadly, but it's huge and it's like crawling on her shoulder. And she's like, ah, no. And what she does is she grabs her Dutch cap and she goes, Woof, and she. Catch- What's a Dutch cap? This is my word, Jamie. This is literally like talking to my grandparents. She, grabs, she can sit in an interview for four or five hours and talk about stats. She grabs her Dutch cap. What is a Dutch cap? Explain what a Dutch cap is. It's a birth control device. The the cap goes up. It's a very old fashioned. Oh, it's a it's like a moon cup or a cup. No, that's for periods. That's for periods. But a Dutch cap. Oh, so this is like a. It looks the same. It looks the same actually, probably except except. I don't think many women use Dutch caps. I imagine the moon cup has some sort of reservoir for catching all the blood. Yeah, Um, it does. Only I was listening to a a podcast recently where they were talking about moon cups. Yeah, a Dutch cap is... um, Stacey, show the Dutch cap. (laughs) Right, what have you got? What have you got? You've got literally Dutch people wearing (laughs) cloths on their heads. That's a moon cap, though, isn't it? A Dutch cap, yeah. Yeah, they they cover it in, like, spermicidal jelly and then... uh, Right. Okay, I, well, it doesn't seem that it's going to be that reliable. No, I don't think so. I don't think it, I don't think right, it's, so, well, it covers in. So, so well, how well is this programme if she has a diaphragm? Well, it's set in the... Diaphragm, there you go. That's what yeah, diaphragm. Diaphragm. It's, set, it's set in the 20s, um, but it was, it's, okay, it's so, only a couple of years old. Okay, it's set in the 20s. Time. All right, all right, yeah. 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 So anyway, so um, who was it? So she gets her Dutch cap. Yeah, and there's she a gets horrible her di- big spider thing, and she just literally, in some sleight of hand, move some some instant... Sort of reflex. She catches the horrible Australian spider under the Dutch cap. Then all the police have to go in, and the guy's writing it up, and he's like going, "Ah, so uh, we caught the spider with a." Uh, and then it's just like this young policeman is like totally embarrassed because it's uh, uh, she says uh, a contraceptive device or something, and he goes, "Ah," and he just figures out what it is. I'm going to be honest with you. This doesn't sound like the best program ever. <laughs> it is. It's a really, really good scene. What's it? Like, what's it called? It's called Miss Fisher's Murder Mysteries. Miss Fisher's Murder Mysteries. All right, yeah. I want to watch that, and I want to watch that French police thing that you told me oh, about. Bracco, Bracco, you've got yeah. to watch. Bracco's, no spirals. I uh, know. Well, stick with Brac. Bracco's more. Um, more you. Yeah, it's, it's go more, Bracco. It's yeah, is great because they just wear these leather jackets and, and they, punch people in the face. Yeah. when they're. Yeah. They don't play by the rules. No. Shut up, crime. Bash. Yeah. So is it a bit like the Shield, where they kind of got it's like a little unit that operates almost by itself. I haven't watched the Shield. They're complete, seen They're a bit corrupt. I haven't really, but no. I think that's they're, they're, the they're really corrupt. But because it's French, it's kind of more gritty, and they look like they're never washed ever. Well, yeah. it's French. Yeah. 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 Whereas, whereas um, uh, Spirals is Spirals is much better, but it's not as obvious. What Spirals? 
Uh, Another crime. Engrenage. Engrenage is um, more crime, but also... Um, <laughs> What's engrenage? You've got the judicial What's the French system, name for it? The, the, the you've got, you've got the whole... Because the way the French judicial process works, you've got the um, the prosecutors are involved actually in the investigation of the crime. They order who's searched and, you know, because the prosecutor's involved at every level, not like the British one when the prosecutor gets involved at the end. At the end, yeah. When the police have all the evidence. Um and you get uh, the judges that are involved because the judges have to be brought in uh, when you need warrants and things. So you've got this uh, Judge Roban, the silver-haired guy. Yeah, he's great. He's great. He's really like the good. hero. Is he? Oh, he's yeah. a hero? Yeah. They all hate him. And the, the lawyers. The lawyers are all involved. Lawyers. So you've got the Pierre and you've got uh, Josephine um, Carlson. They're really good. And yeah. she's, like a, she's like a shifty lawyer. Um, and this is Spirals. Spirals, Spirals yeah. is more like law and order. She's, is a, shifty, more like she's a shifty lawyer. And uh, Pierre, both, was a, Pierre was a good lawyer. And then, she, but she's not that shifty, and she gets good, and you know. It's really Where did you see it? Is it on Netflix or something? No, it was on BBC on Four. BBC Four, but you can get it on a dirty torrent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So anyway, we still haven't talked about. So you anyway. So you so you left, um, and then and then what? So what did you do? Because obviously your business was not going to be making money at the moment you left. From late um, late two thousand eleven, I already um, I I basically set up a business account with Barclays that they charged me with who Barclays, Barclays. they charged me they charged me like six quid to have a business account just for, for no reason at all it's a rip off it doesn't they don't even do anything for me aside from offer me like loans all the time yeah but banks um, they're that, you know, banks rip you off shocker yeah if if I if loads of people didn't have my bank details I would change the bank to co-op or something but anyway I, I had a business account with them from 2011 so I was already kind of set up um, just not making much money. Well, I was making like, you know... So how did you cope? How did you both cope? I just started making a lot more pedals and sold more. Well, it's a bit tricky because I was on maternity leave or heading to maternity leave. But you still get paid, right? Still get paid. Yeah. This is for people to listen to and go, oh, I can do it too. You got yeah. No, well, you can't do it too because there's the market's crowded by Dragon. me. I've crowded, <laughs> I've crowded the market. I make 25 different pedals uh, so there's no room in the market. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about leaving, leaving and starting your own. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. As long yeah. as you don't go into the pedal-making business, that's fine. Well, do you ever see those... Do you ever get Time Out magazines where they have, like... A, they have a little article on people that have changed their jobs. Oh, like, OK. Yeah, you were on that, weren't you? No, I was on a different one. I was in the um, uh, number of cool things made in London that you wouldn't expect That's a guy that's got his own smokehouse to make smoked salmon in... You know, the middle of Essex, you've got someone who's a Foley artist where they make the sound they said, effects uh, for Rob, things. Rob Grieg, Rob Grieg who's a really yeah, sound good. guy, he was the, um, the Time Out star photographer, and uh, we picked him up at the station and, and we went down to the Wait, he's Rob Grieg? He's the Time Out star photographer. He's taken loads of famous photos of people. Oh, they, okay, cool. Check his website, like Patrick Stewart and uh, Royal yeah, Oscar. Yeah, the yeah everyone, really. So you're on a band. Let's talk about your band for a second. Simon Garfucker. Um, yes, which was the band that me and Tim had for a little bit. Roger Swartz, um, Smith. It would have been. It would have been. Roger Swartz and Forest Knuckles. Forest Knuckles. Yeah. That's all right. That was our pseudonyms. It would be quite good if we'd only if we'd only nailed that ba- that that basis that that drummer issue. We right. Me and Tim and I have been in several bands together. I say several bands. We've been in two bands. No, we were in End of the New. Yeah. And uh, that band with Leon. The way Fen goes on about that rock family tree, it's like you've all been in that a hundred yeah. bands. Most of together. those bands were just there for one rehearsal. I'm sure I've but been. It counts. In, I've been in a band with Helen. Well, I've been in a band with Helen, Helen Barrett for one rehearsal at least. 
Anyway, yeah, no, the, the rock family tree that Fenn created was how all the Barnet bands were, were connected. And to be fair, we were, we were all in a lot of bands together, like, even if we just rehearsed once, because... Company of Strangers. Yeah, Company of Strangers, exactly. Redhead Stepchild. Redhead Stepchild. You were in that briefly. I was in that, yeah. Uh, EOTN, obviously. And, yeah. um, and then we were in this band together. And you, anyway, you two were in a band, so this is how you met. As I said, Tim was... He, he violated all rules of employment and got together with Stacey. Yeah. Uh, Why else would you be in bands? So. Yeah, you, you be, you're, in, you're in bands to get girls. It's like I saw this, I saw this thing uh, uh, which said something like, um, you're a marketeer, you're um, a promoter, you're an organiser, you're a musician, you're, and it's got this big list of everything that you do in a band, and then it says at the end, and... And all because you just want to get girls. And yeah. It's massively or, or, true. Or the guy was, I saw something um, on John's feed, and the guy was like going, This is what I, people do in bands. It's like play guitar, write songs. 99% of my time is spent emailing people. Yeah. yeah which is it's so true. true. It is well true. Trying to get gigs. All right, so, so I've been in bands with Tim. You've been in bands with Tim. Yeah. I've been in lots of other bands. You've been in other bands. Yeah, not as many. Every band that Tim's been in. Tim's been in, um, so that's true. So yes, yeah, so we're talking about bands that you've been in, like when we found out how much Stella Star were making, it was a bit of an eye opener. Ah, uh, <laughs> Stella, Stella Star, right? Stella Star were a great band, and they, <laughs> they but, weren't. They had um, no, they had, oh, they had, they had a, two good songs. Yeah, and they right, didn't capitalize oh, on right. Them. When and when I go, when There's I look, the reason the Killers are famous and Stella Star are not famous. Yeah, so me and Tim went to see Stella Star, supported by the about Killers, three times supported by the Killers, right. and we were like, we were like, the Killers are pretty good. So, so people get signed these days. I mean, that's yeah. a topic in itself. Yeah, I don't think they, I don't think you get any money. You don't get any money from being signed. But I think I think. But they. But the but point the, is, they they probably the cost of putting a record out. Is probably well, also they probably promote your record. You know, yeah, you yeah. you don't have to then yeah. email. You're not doing all of that awful yeah. work. I kind of hate. In a way, I'd hate to be in that position. Like, um, oh, what's that? To thought, do that like thought that. forms band that they mm. have. You know, they were like. Oh yeah, they had to pay a radio plug of a thousand quid just to get played on That's Six music. music. They play the song once and they never forgets about, forgets about it again. It's just like, it's terrible. It's shit business. It, it, no, it is. There's, there is no money in music these days. No. Everyone, I mean, look, t- me, me, and, t- me and Tim, when we were in EOTN, we played, we played with um, The Young Knives. We Foles. We played with Foles. Uh, but, uh, pre-Foles. It, pre, yeah. Pre-Foles when they were in... Um, we played with Foles. Yeah, we played with Foles. Yeah, and we played with Edmund Fitzgerald, so yeah. it's, it's Yannis' old band mm. from Foles. Um, we played with Boy Kill Boy, if you remember them, no. in, at Turn Mills. Were they famous? Yeah, they were, yeah. We also played with um, New Roads, who also tipped at the time. Yeah, we played with New Roads. Um, I, I did a gig when I was with... Um, the buzz I played with Pete and, Pete and the Pirates who got signed. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they were good. And they were really friendly as well. As were the Young Knives. They were really friendly. Yeah, Young Knives were right. The most arrogant bands I met were all the bands that disappeared. Really? The friendliest ones were always the ones that did well. Yeah, but we met Foles and they weren't friendly. No, no but, but, but I can imagine that. But I think it's because he's cripplingly shy. They are. They are quite shy. They're not, yeah. they're not extroverts at all. Yeah. You reckon, you re- do you think that still stands now, though? Considering the how well, well I, I reckon they're one know, of the best guitar bands in Britain. You know, Foles, Foles are using Frederick Fix now. Oh, are they? Yeah. Oh, good stuff. Uh, they went to uh, uh, Vintage and Rare in Bath and uh, mm-hmm. bought some clones. All right, as we're as we're all seasoned bandites, <coughs> what is the worst gig you've ever played? Um, the Wallywoods. The Wallywoods. Wallywoods gig in Berlin. 
What happened? What was that one? That was that was that was when we played. There was this guy, um, who an Englishman living in Berlin, um, who fancied himself as an artist, and he had a really really rubbishy gallery that the. Um, I think the local authority was trying to get back off him, so they. This is when you two were living in Berlin, right? No, I'm seriously that like. Was, I that was the last. This, that was the last gig we played in Berlin. Little elements are coming back. That's right. scary. Okay. How do you and, remember um, that? And there was um. Because well, it was the worst gig. This guy, this guy was such a loser. He was like, mm. I was talking to him late, and I was bullied at school, and so I kind of I left London and I came to Berlin so I could set up my gallery, and his, all the art was rubbish. <laughs> all the. His gallery was rubbish. The, the was it his his art or other? Yeah, and it was like they had an exhibition of chairs. Oh, <laughs> Jesus! Like, we played to like. And um. God, I don't and, remember um, that. And so, 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 what it was? You don't remember it now. It wasn't. I really, do now, but fragments. It's it was like just piece, piecing it together. It was just. It was just a. a, a it wasn't <clears> really a. It was like a an excuse for lots of substance abusers just to come together in one place. It wasn't like an art gallery or anything like that. It was just like loads of people just could drink and. It was like a squat. Uh, yeah, it was like a. It was more like a squat um, for for total losers. Did anyone like this? <laughs> as opposed to those squats, oh, squats for mo- yeah. motivated people? But did we play to like more than five people? Yeah, there was a few people there, but no, we played the the contrast. It was a contrast because we played Magnet Club the night before, and that was probably the biggest gig we ever played. And we had a massive rider with loads of like. Oh, I love having a rider. The rare times you get a rider, it's like amazing. I took photos of this rider. It was so huge. We had loads of those little more and coffin things, those little chocolate marshmallows, and we had loads of um, platters of meat and cheese and um, like. Loads of food. The, the best, loads of, like bowls of Haribos and things out. Well, the, the best rider we ever had, the best rider I've ever had in any band, was when we were in, me and Tim were in EOTN, and we went to Spitalfields to yeah. play at the Spits. Spits. And, Spits. And, and, and that's beers. when that's when you first knew Stacey, and Stacey came along to watch us. Oh, yeah, but, but that was only like... Is that a drill? What's that? That's yeah, just some dude's yeah. die. All these, but all these, beers, all you? the German gigs we played, you got free beer. Oh no! Uh, upstairs, though, we had a fridge of beer, but there was a table of food, and they paid us forty quid. Uh, and I was like, "Why?" You get paid? Yeah, it was amazing. The, it was amazing. Well, all the German gigs we did. That's, got, that we was got, as good as it got. We got 100, 100 euro for each of those those German gigs we did. But hundred um, what? Euro. Oh. But um, when we played the garage last time, there was some. Utter Tosspot promoter um, who organised this gig downstairs at the garage. Um, upstairs. It was yeah, it was upstairs. upstairs. It was you upstairs. did. You have played downstairs at the garage, haven't you? Yeah, we have. Yeah, but who it was has? like um, have we? yeah, we played. That, that was on the early. same night I did a gig with Apologists. Yeah, and it was my birthday, I think. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and and because it was your birthday, your brother had to go see you play, even though I was like, why don't you come see my band play? We were, no, but we turned up there later. You did. You sure. did. Yeah, yeah. but but and, I missed um, your gig and you missed mine. Yeah, but the um, <laughs> but the. Uh, Anyway, there was that, that promoter, that Scottish promoter guy, and he he was really annoying. He annoyed me because he actually asked me to suggest the bands for the bill. Um, he because he couldn't be asked to do his job. Yeah, he couldn't be asked to do his job. Oh, and he he's this, a promoter. He had this Scottish band coming down, so I suggested the band. In the end, he um, he bumped the band. He, he found some other band and then bumped the band that I'd picked and said, "Oh yeah, you can have this gig." He bumped them to the bottom of the bill. Um, which is a bit makes me look. A bit we let yeah. them go in front of us, didn't we? Or um, no, I think they did start. They did play first, and then so it was that band, then us, then another band, then this other, then then this Scottish band that he brought down. But anyway, this promoter was just such a cokehead dickhead that. Um, <laughs> but he, he basically bought a whole full fridge fridge of beer. Is um, this at the garage? Yeah. He, uh, um, so we just drank all the, the whole rider, and I stuffed my guitar case with loads of beer as well. <laughs> no, getting your worth because you've of the, you yeah. Not about paid. This, you forget about all these shitty things that happens when you're in a band because you imagine because you feel like you think oh I'm I'm really missing out by not doing music and you feel I've really got to get back into it 
But you do forget about these depressing elements of it where you have to trawl around the 90% of being in a band is frustration or depression. Yeah, yeah. 90% of it. Completely. Dealing um, with twats. Trying to prove yourself. Why do I have to prove myself? Uh, You have to prove yourself every night. The thing with the Wallywoods gig is not only was it a massive contrast to this good gig the night before where we played to a massive crowd and got loads of good feedback and got a rider uh, and we got paid, was that... um, we had, we, we had a really short set in Burnham. We played for like 20 minutes. So we played for 20 minutes really, really quickly. Um, and then <laughs> they, they, nerves, they sort though. of wanted us to play it. They, they were like, well, you could play some more. And I'm like, no, we're done. See you later. Uh, oh, <laughs> so yeah. they were upset that we only played for 20 minutes, which I, I can't really blame them for. But, um, but then they intimated that they might use our instruments and have a little jam amongst themselves. I'm like, no. No way. No, you're touching my, <laughs> touching my aluminium guitar. You're probably, yeah, no those. way. No you're way. You get fingerprints on it. Yeah. Um, I think the work, I, I, I think when we first started out, we played some pretty bad gigs. We played a gig on Tuesday in Dublin Castle and I think there was about... I need to wait. Okay, okay, good. Okay. You know what to do, Susie. Okay. There was like, oh, how many? There was about I think I, I five found, or seven people. I found a photo of that. On, um, that was the gig we played with the Dead String Brothers. Mm. Um, well remembered. How I do you found, remember that? Well, I found the t-shirt. I found a photo of it. Um, and I quite like the Dead String Brothers. They were that band from Detroit, weren't they? Yeah. No, 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 no. So that wasn't it. Because that was, I think, one time when we played with them on a Saturday. We played we played Dublin Castle yeah, on I a Saturday. Because I remember that being a decent crowd. But our first, but I, our I first or second... I was wearing a Butthole Surface t-shirt and Nat was wearing a Schlack t-shirt because I found the, the photo of it. Yeah, and our first, our first gig ever was at Rouge, which was in... Uh, Charing Cross Road or something it's not there anymore uh, whatever yeah. and it's half it's been knocked down because there's a cross rail and then the second that gig was, we did was, was was Tuesday night at um, it was a Friday at Rougeau and that was good for a first gig but the second one what we played what was that venue we played a few times that was um, around the corner from Rouge uh, Metro? no not Metro we played in the Metro Club though um, I think Pearlie used to play there a lot uh, no. it was another one of these in the West End quite near there the not, pop, pop not, bar? Not the what? Not LA two or anything like that. No, it was, it's small. it was smaller. Pop, um, yeah, the pop, you went downstairs. The pop bar. Yeah, no, that, that could be it. That could well be it. Yeah, but we never played the pop bar. That we played the. We, but do you remember that gig we did with Pearly and we played the eye bar. I mean, the the eye eye bar in yeah. yeah that was a mistake. But we actually had one person who turned up to see us specifically. It wasn't a friend or anything. Wow, one person. Wow. She was in. No, yeah, I know, but she was in that band that we played the with. Jealousies. The jealousies. How do you remember? Because I remember. I remember. And, yeah. Why do you? Do I pers- Do oh. I intentionally block things out? You block the bad memories out. Yeah. I block bad memories out. I think. All right, so here's a better question. What was the best gig you've done? Um, I don't know whether it would be the the Magnet one in Berlin or whether it would be the Chocoladen one because there was a member of Neubauten no, Neubauten, yeah. <laughs> he didn't oh, like us. The Magnet, the mag- we did, Still, I've seen the video of the Magnet gig and it actually was a really good gig. Um, not, 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 no, sorry, not Magnet, the Chocoladen gig. That was a really good gig. And so was the um, Magnet Club. But then I think we got better uh, when we came back and first we had Mihai, then John, and I think the Rota gigs, they, were, they had no atmosphere, but then we played better. I so think I we played better when we don't have many people to play to, because nerves Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? It's, it's weird. It's so nerve-wracking. Be- I'm like, but oh those, yeah, it's a really great gig. But yeah, those Rota gigs... played to one person and the nerves didn't kick in. But we nailed it, yeah. We've heard, yeah. Well, those Rota gigs, because they were done in the daytime. You know, you know, what about Silver Rocket? That was quite good, I was there. 
We've done a few of those. Yeah. It's um, the first one. First one. Yeah, Buffalo Bar. But I, I, I never was happy with the sound of Buffalo Bar, so it's kind of like... Yeah. I, the best gig I've ever had was the last gig I did, because we played a metal night, and obviously the last band I was in was quite, mm. quite heavy. And um, the audience was so up for it. It was a packed pub... People were like dancing, head banging, like it was probably yeah. like it was probably like we were a popular man. And was, then, that wasn't a football club, football pub. It was a football pub, was it? See, oh, yeah. right, that would scare me, right? Football pub, a pub, football pub. You think, right? We're not going to get the right crowd here, and that would yeah, send me. Into... The promoters were really good. They got all metal bands, all kind of sludge heavy metal bands, yeah. and um, good. Every... So, so at least there's a, there's a cohesive yeah, feel. Exactly. And ev- and everyone was like, I've come here to hear heavy music. Yeah. And then some songs we played, we nailed it as well. And um, because it was a football pub, we wore football shirts, so it was like kind of fun, like a bit fun. Yeah. And um, and at the end, we we worked out this ending, which is is really good. It kind of builds up, and then Rob would say things over to the crowd and introduce the band. Whilst, whilst the you know you know the classic thing of whilst the bass <laughs> yeah. is playing, going bum, 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 so, bum, so bum, 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 bum. that's right. That was, was the last gig you did. When was that then? That was uh, that was a year, nearly a year and a half ago now. Yeah. See, I haven't played since two thousand and twelve. So three years. Well, I only played Four one years. gig with the trio. Yeah. Two gigs. Oh, you've gigged more recently. You've gigged more recently. Uh, yeah, yeah. So the you, Reese Chatham oh, and Orchestra. You did the Reese Chatham yeah, so that is um, when there's like hundred guitars. You did that. Yeah, yeah. I'd do it again. Um, just to actually get into. Was doing it was something. it difficult? Um, <clears throat> I did find bits of it difficult. I, John helped me with some stuff, and then you gradually work out that the people you're actually with don't have a clue either. Oh. Like the guy that I was with. He's from a record label. Three days to learn the whole whole thing. You you? get three. It's very. It's very fast. Like you get one day practice and boom, then you're doing it. So you have to. That's like real musicians, isn't it? But like I'd say to my partner, sharing the boards. Do you mind if we use the guitar tab score rather than the actual notation? Yeah, he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, It's fine. And then I realised he wanted to use that anyway, but he just didn't want to say. I can't read music. Yeah, exactly. So it just took. <clears throat> I always find if you when you start a new band with anyone, you spend the first like couple of weeks proving that you're competent at your instrument, and oh, then people see, and then people start getting comfortable. Yeah, that's why I'd, I'd rather start my own band because then I'd say, well, no, you can't be in it because you're actually too good at your instrument. Which is how we were with those those two wankers. Yeah, you know they were. We, you're too good at inst- your yeah. instrument. What, to, you're, what you're playing is boring because you're too good at it. Yeah, to 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 uh, clarify. Yeah, in the last, you spend too much time trying to play your guitar. Yeah, in the last um, band, the last band we were in, me and Tim, we never we never gigged, but we, uh, and it's on the family tree. We rehearsed a lot of people. We, were, we rehearsed you, with a lot of people. Yeah. Did you ever jam? Because we were always a non-jam band. So no, I'm I'm all about jamming. I'm all, all I'm all about jamming. Jammed very briefly. And I because that's but, where the best ideas come. That's where it's exciting. Uh, it's not. It's too daunting for it's me. Not. Can't do it. Jam, no, jamming's brilliant. It can waste a lot of time. You can spend twenty minutes playing one riff. But it, but but, <clears> but <throat> it's. I like to have a whole song and then show the other guy and go look. This is the whole song. Yeah, and then the I, other guy goes, "Oh look, I've got some. Co- I can come up with some cool bits." Yeah, that's fair. That enough, is kind like. of jamming, though. Cause that you, is kind of jamming. Have, yeah. You have what you. I mean, that's how we works. Um, you have the bit, and it's then really someone works out the bits. It's really different now working on my own, though, because then I go. 
okay, right, I've got this. this wait, wait, idea. so tell us, tell us about your, what's going on. You haven't told it's me this. It's my new solo project called Man's Hand. Astrid came up with it and it made me laugh. Yeah, it's so a I great name. It's a, <laughs> it's a really great name, Man's Hand. But then I don't well. know whether being, being a woman having that name that people will be like, oh, Man's Hand, look, she's saying like, because she plays guitar and she's a woman, she's got a man's hand. No, man's, I don't hand, know no, man's hand is a genuinely funny name. It just has no meaning. It's just funny and I like it. It's yeah. like well, that's why I chose the, the last name of my band because it was funny. Just, I want it's f- just silly. Yeah. Like there's a band called Taco Leg in Australia. <laughs> it's Taco Leg. It's yeah, great. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> just, just and also that band called Look Baby. Look, look, look Baby <laughs> is the best baby. name. It's really good. Why do, I always like the, the Justin Hawkins band Hot Leg. Hot Leg is such it's, a good it's name. It's just like, because there's just one of them. Yeah, it is it's such like, a good name. She's, she's got a leg. Yeah. She knows how to use it. it. It's, it's, she's it's, got one leg. But with the taco leg, I just imagine like, you know, like a, a kebab. Yeah, an elephant's trunk. Oh, I imagine a, a taco mottled, is a leg. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, literally that. But yeah. I just imagine the mottled cellulite oh, of a crispy. taco leg I don't know it just it just comes up with so many yeah, great things that is good so what are, you, what are you doing are you recording all the instruments so and mixing it what I'm doing it? is um, yeah so the idea is I'm trying to keep it as simple as possible but with the latest tracks I've that I'm doing program the drums I've done like one guitar which is more the the leady bits and then the rhythm and then Tim just does the drums cause what I'm are you programming the drums on the drums. in Fruity Loops yeah, I was thinking about this today. I've got to start learning Fruity Loops. Were you doing like the 808, you know, like the old school? Yeah. Oh, yeah, the Roland the, 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 the thing is, that on the Music Radar website, there's a good whole set of samples of, of different, um, like, Rolands of 80s things. The, the tricky and what, and you just loop them? Well, the tricky thing is actually finding a set of a set of drum sounds that you'd actually want to stick with, because you can't, there's so many of them that you don't want to, you want to limit yourself to only a, only a few. And then, you know, don't use too many because otherwise it just sounds like... I've been mess. using drums on a Casio keyboard. That's good. Yeah, That's really it's, good. Some, it's anything. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I've got a, so I've got a little side project called Seafolk, which is my, yeah. <coughs> is my stuff. Yeah. And I've got loads of stuff on uh, SoundCloud. And it's just like, you know... How are you recording then? What I'm, I'm recording to, uh, which I should have brought today, but I didn't. So this is why I'm doing it on the phone. Yeah. I've got a Tascam digital four track. It's simple. And it, uh, it is They're so... Great. Yeah, because what happens is I record it all... Put it into Audacity. Why don't you yeah. record into Audacity? Yeah, uh, be, through an interface. Be, because I couldn't be bothered to do that. I wanted. I got this digital four track, um, and that was the easiest way to do it. Okay. Uh, I, got, I don't know. We, it's just we, easy. We got overkill. We got the UR forty four. Yeah. Is our, which so is our, we've got an interface. Eight eight track interface. Reaper. Um, yeah, Re- Reaper. Yeah. I want to learn is Reaper. It eight, eight track or sixteen track? It's a big interface anyway. Yeah, I think it uh, eight track, isn't it? No, you can record a lot of things at once. Sixteen. Oh God, I can't remember. So why are you? What, so what's the what's the aim of? <clears throat> have you got an aim, or is I, it just to create a project? Yeah, I just I want to release. I want to release a recording. I'm going to say release, meaning I'll put it on Sound SoundCloud or Bandcamp or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But Band, I want, I once want something's to, on Bandcamp, that to me is a release. Yeah, yeah. I just yeah. want to do my own project now. So, and I like the way. Are you singing? It works. Yeah. Um, but you but can I'm, sing. You're a good singer. N- not really, but I can. Um, a- a- around this table, your your head and shoulders are the best singer. No offence. <laughs> you're, you're pretty much the best singer. Yeah. Yeah, you are. You've got. A... And that's really scraping the barrel. <laughs> yeah. Cheers. Um, no. Um, uh, yeah. Which isn't the, the the side of it that I really enjoy. I find that bit really really hard. The singing. Yeah, that's the hardest bit. Because you can come up with like a real, it's depending on your ability to play guitar, you can come up with your own, you know, you come up with a, with a riff or something that you think, oh yeah, that, that's good. Mm. And it's like, oh shit, I've got to put singing over this. And that is then the barrier of 
Yeah. Now I'm putting. I just keep putting that off. So I've got these ideas for songs, but I haven't actually got the, li- the lyrics and the singing. It's just yeah, lyrics are difficult because it's like bearing your soul. It's easy to write music, yeah, but then when you've got to write lyrics, it's like people are going to listen to that and go, oh, you wrote this. And then you're like, ah. Oh. But it's actually finding inspiration around you to write. Like, it's really hard when you sort of looking after kids and then going to work. Where am I finding that inspiration of something that I really want to write about? Yeah. Well, then you, <laughs> then you write about, I, I found, well, EOTM, we wrote a lot about or you, because you did all the lyrics, wrote a lot about working in offices and how awful it is. You, you yeah. write about the frustration well, of... Like, like, yeah. They're faint at the time and they did sort of a gender suicide. Yeah, 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 which, yeah, is, which is really good. I still think the, the high watermark of working in office uh, kind of stuff than 22 grand job. <laughs> yes. But my aim is to actually get it done. Like, I've got three or four songs, but it's just... So are you going to do an EP or an album? Four songs. Yeah. You've got four songs. Four songs, but it's just getting... Tim's busy. I need him to do the drums. I can't do them myself. But they're, they come they're, up they're done now, aren't they? All of them, pretty much. Uh, but you could do them. Busy. You could do them yourself. You could learn. I could learn. As, as, as I could I, because I'm, I'm delayed. I find that that's an, another chore. Because you've got because I just well, want to, actually, to do it. To actually have yeah. someone, you need to be playing the guitar, guitar. while someone walks works out the drums at the same time. It's so much easier. I suppose oh, you could okay. use, use a looper and actually play the guitar part. And then try and fit the drums. Because then I have to say, right, Tim, no, you've completely overegged that. That's too much. And I go, oh no, that's good. Keep doing that while I do this. Well, what, so it's much easier. The, the, I've got a few songs on SoundCloud which I've used the keyboard and what uh, for drums. Uh, and what's happened is um, I've cut it or put gaps in it or something. And then because it's because it's not uh, Cubase or something like that, uh, or what's the other one? Um, where everything's sequenced and dance people use it a lot. Um, pro, uh, pro Tools? No. no, not Reason, not Pro Tools. Um, uh, Jamie uses it as Kato 6. PlayStation. No. I can't remember. Yes. Uh, no, but, but what, no, what, uh, what happens is though, if you cut the drums on Audacity and, and it's not, and there's not a timer, yeah. everything just goes out. And then you're literally, if something's out by like a, like one eighth of a second, in three minutes, the drums are out completely, and you're like, fuck. See, that's well, you can get you can get things to actually stretch it because I, I was doing it when I was um, doing some demos of, of pedals. You can get things to stretch waves that, that so you can actually yeah, get, it fits it. Oh really? It doesn't change the pitch either, which is weird. I don't know how it does that. Yeah, yeah no, 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 no. I, I was doing something. I, like I, that. I, did, uh, I found the recorded audio from a camera was actually slightly out of sync with the recorded audio from the microphone. Always, and yeah, the, always. And the what's name. It's like, how can it be out of sync? Yeah. Probably something to do with the latency of it going through the interface in the computer. No, it always is. You see YouTube videos and it's like, at the beginning it's alright and by the end it's so out. They're talking and it's nothing's coming out of their mouth. Yeah. Yeah. But in a way you feel, like, you feel like you have so much power and control when you're on your own. Because you say, right, this is simple, it's just me and the guitar. But then you forget about all the other things you need to do. Right, I now need to learn how to use Reaper. I now need to learn how to set up and record good, which I haven't done because it sounds crap. Well, the dynamics. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, sorry. I thought thought, no, I thought it was a a product. But recording well, that the the dynamics, the the the, the picks up sound as 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 well as you want and stuff like that, Uh, mixing and all that, and then it's. Yeah, well, I've started playing keyboard. You know, I was playing keyboard with Tim. Yeah, I started playing keyboard more to be like I want to lay something. So, like, I did a Christmas song. Hmm. Um, actually I'll talk about that in a minute go on sorry yeah. oh, no no it's just so <clears throat> the idea of working on your own you feel that you've got more control and you can just get things done but you can't it's so much no, it's easier harder. when you're a band because you, you go into rehearsal you bash stuff out 
Yeah. Uh, right, we're going to go and record that, we're going to go and play a gig, and it's done. Yeah, no, it's harder by yourself. There's consistency, especially when you're having regular rehearsals, whereas I'm like trying to dip in and out of this. So it's, There's a yeah, beer in the fridge if you want it. Oh, that's the last so beer though. No, no, have sure it because it I'm, um, I'm driving. Oh, so it's just that, yeah, it's actually <laughs> managing your time and telling yourself what I need to do this. Yeah, it is. It's it's really difficult. I've been recording by myself for uh, like three years now, and it's been it's been it's like it's good because you force up. Anyway, there's this Christmas song competition that I do. Did I tell you about this? No. Yeah, I heard the song you went for it. Yeah, tell us for the sake of the. What, what do you think of it? Um, I thought it was pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. All right. Um, but uh, yeah, that was all in. I like. I like. I like. Eight point. Eight point three seven four. I don't, I'm not going to criticise it because it's about your dad, but I like the lyrics a lot more than I like the actual tune. Yeah, well, the tune where well, it's trying to be, it's it's, it's know, trying it was, to be Christmasy. Yeah, it's going, it's going. yeah, it's trying to be Christmasy, and also it was about. Um, uh, I did it in. I, I did. The lyrics were good. Yeah. Were good. Okay. Okay. All right. Don't think mm. <laughs> I did. I did um, but it was all in open G, so I did it in open G to make it sound kind of you know Christmassy, and you know put Christmas. What that is? Oh, it's great if you get if so you, you tune everything to a G. No, you to, ch- you ch- to the, the every note is the triad of G, so which is G yeah. and which is G, D. Uh, no, I don't. I don't. That's a so good. So what does that mean? Does that mean? Oh no, it's amazing. Oh, look, we'll do it. I, I tell you what, we'll do it now. I'll pause this. We'll do it now, and then I'll sh- and then I'll show you. It's amazing. Oh, okay. Cool. Uh, uh, Like a, an OCD where I have to have a pick on me at all times. You don't want the metal pick, do you? The, metal. The, the metal. The uh, there you go. Have a uh, a D- Dunlop. DGD. DGD. Dun, Dunlop G-B-D. grip. Sorry, G. Diggity, jiggity, diggity. No way, jiggity, no, no. Biggity, is, diggity. Uh, I got D. Yeah. G. G. D. D. Yeah. Then giggity. G. G. B. Yeah. That kind of makes sense. A lot, of, a lot of the Rolling Stones songs are played in open G. It's just a piece of cake. No, yeah. Um, G. Uh, yeah, yeah. Start me up is in, yeah. in G. Um, so's um, uh, Wild Horses and all that. Wild Horses. Don't play the top string. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, no. But all the rest of the strings this together. Is your problem in bands. You never listen. Give me a guitar string. The top string. I didn't play the top string. No, so you mean the bass string? The, yeah, the bass string. Yeah, so so this. So if you listen to that, do you see? And then you can be like. Right, I'm playing it upside so down. So why do you bother tuning the top string if you're not even going to play it? Um, well, you can do because you can. But the, but the point is, you play. You can play. Do you see? They're all chords. Yeah. G, isn't it? Sounds terrible because I'm playing it upside down. So I am recording. These are healthy carrot crisps. Are they carrot crisps? Yeah. Thanks very much. So what's given to me here is a. It looks like those fish and chip crisps. It doesn't it? But they're actually carrots. Well, like a flattened what's a flattened what's it? They're, they're, they're like 24 calories. You'd expect it to be no cheese. Fat. Oh, they're good! I expect it to be yeah. cheesy, but it's nice carroty. So I can't play it upside down because I'm left handed, but that's all 
And then you can, you can do, but you can do like. And then like. Um, Those kind of cool like, um, that Bob Mould solo album that he did. Can I have a sip of beer after that <laughs> carrot crisp? <laughs> <laughs> it's like it lingers. It's lingering. It's nice, but it, it does linger. Oh, I'm going to have to keep you to move in. I'm really sorry. I'm sorry. It's awful, isn't it? Oh. I need a mic. I need a proper mic. Yeah. Or some, well, we've got loads of mics, mics in here. We could have set it up, couldn't we? But that's fine. Oh, we could have. You need an interface into that. So going back to the Christmas song. Oh, so that was all in open G, but, the, but what I do every year is do a Christmas compilation where people write a Christmas song. Even though you're not really on Drowned in Sound anymore. Are you still on Drowned in Sound? No, I fell out with a lot, I fell out with a lot of people. Yeah. I, I must admit, I've been reading those. I still look at Drowned in Sound at work. I'm a lurker, so... I look at um, I look at it whenever Automotive Parties is mentioned. Is Theo still on? He's good bloody internet. Yeah, he's on there, but not a lot. Yeah, he is. Well, what happened was, the reason why I left in like a proper schoolboy huff was because there's a guy on there called... Silky Skills. Okay. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah. And Silky Skills, he was always funny. He's always funny. And he's and what I find is, on any kind of forum, there's a bit of a hive mind going on. Yeah. And the hive mind kind of is like... Oh, God, yeah. Um, um, just try the guitar forums. Yeah. And they're like, this guy. This guy's a bit of a dick. And I was always like, oh, I, I really like him. He's like, yeah. he's, he's always funny. He, and um, anyway, there was a guy on there who was also a mod... And, and, but he's basically like a troll, What's but they, they made him into a mod. What's his, his name? His name, I'm going to have to blank this out, but his name is... Oh, him, yeah, right. Yeah. And um, he, I, and anyway, it, I was a bit like, I don't understand how this guy's a mod, because he's... Just checking the recording. Because he's like a bit of a, a troll. But then Silky Skills started a thread which said, I think this guy shouldn't be a mod anymore. Yeah. And and then the thread started, and and the the guy in the mod came on and said why, and he said, just to check, Astrid's got her headphones on, said um, something like, "Cause you're a snivelling cunt." <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and so, Sorry. <laughs> it's funny. It's funny. It's funny. And so then whatever was the the mod, the mod just banned him, just got really angry and banned him. And I was like, you can't just ban. You can't. I've been on that forum for. Right, 10, 12 years. Yeah, I was like, you can't. Loads of cussing, you can't. Yeah. Yeah. You know, unless they're physically threatening somebody mm. or yeah, yeah. or spamming, you don't yeah, ban them. Yeah, yeah. But so this this silky skills guy, he just got banned, and I was like, why you can't just ban somebody? I'm not, I'm not entertaining anymore. So, so it was like a proper kid throwing his yeah, toys, yeah. and no one cares. I've left, right. and everyone's like, I don't care. But I'll be I'll be back to do the Christmas song. Yeah, thing. but there are there are comments where people go. Oh, we're, are you doing a mocha? Or, or yeah, yeah. you're doing a mocha, it might be about like hating their job or whatever, or you're doing a mocha. <laughs> but they're all just out to wind you up, though, aren't they? Oh. I always get that impression anyway. Well, the thing is, if, if, if they actually see that's having a, uh, you know, because you actually... The fact that doing you, a you, mocha you, you, is you will, a thing. You will fall into any trap and you will latch onto anything. Yeah. Is Shrek still on? Uh, yes. Okay, what's happened now? Do you think there's anything funny about Lord Farquhar's name? Lord 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 Farquhar. What does that sound like? What? What's he called? Lord what? Say that a bit louder. Lord Farquhar. Lord Farquhar. Yes. I've just got that. John Lithgow. I've only just Lord Farquhar. Yeah. they could have called him anything. Lord Farquhar. You got two doors. Are you going to push them into music? 
Well, not think, push them, just encourage <clears throat> them if they like it. She goes to a, she goes to music class. She she had she's gone to music classes for eighteen months, which costs. Also, we're in a room surrounded by guitars. When I came in, I was playing guitar. You were you were doing guitars. Yeah, but yeah, she's going to grow up with guitars around her. Yeah, music and stuff. And you're recording in here all the time. Like she's going to be around music all the time. I hope so. It's like when I grew up, I was around music all the time. Mm. Rec- records rather than instruments but it was like all the time music was music. when I was young I was kind of taught that music was really important mm. yeah, like all like just de facto hope, attitudes towards music I hope that's sunk in I'm not sure it has she's, I, she I just some, she sometimes is. she just says oh no, 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 no music I only only like Grimes and I only like Heim yeah (laughs) yeah, yeah, well Heim's good Josie's at the age where she's really absorbing it and enjoying it but then I remember Astrid did at that age age. but then you're influenced by things around you so you know this this, this, uh, colour strings class in Muscle Hill is like uh, it's like got it's been called a cult, isn't it, in the yeah. in the paper coverage. It's like a way of teaching children stringed instruments like violin. Um, it's like Was it called colour strings? Yeah, it's like, and it's based on the Zoltan... Uh, Hungarian... The Kodaly uh, method for violin. It's like a Hungarian guy. And he says, apparently this, this teaches the... It teaches the pentatonic scale really early on. Like the first the first things they learn. But what, why is it considered a cult? I don't know. Just because, because people swear by it? Because people are slavishly... Uh, I mean, all the mums there say, oh, it's the best method. Yeah, but it's and high gay mums, isn't it, basically? Yeah, that's yeah, what it is, high gay mums. very... They're a bit raw. Mm. Yeah. Some are actually some are What about that cult that actually is in Barnet? Oh, hang on. Are you talking oh. about that school, the Stein... No, no, the actual the... cult. They're talking about the acorns. Do you know uh, about that one at the centre? Yeah, the centre. The the, yeah, the one down the... Cult. Not off the high street. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. like Milligan's son was a member. It's like... Um... It's a weird cult, right? But they also have um, a children's play group there, but I've never taken these two there because of the centre being linked to this cult. Yeah. But when I bump into mums, they're like, oh, yeah, it's fine, it's just like play group. But no. What are they? They've got this weird religious belief. No, I just don't... Hang on, let's pause it. Yeah. Look them up. Yeah, talking about being talking about Astrid saying she's tired of being a witch. When I was in Tallinn, we went to this torture museum, and some of the stuff they did of what they thought were witches. Oh man! Yeah, it's the same of, in. Um, um, some of those probably aren't real because some, some were myths of cooked up, cooked up in Germany in the nineteenth century. Oh, some, good. Some methods of torture are real. Some are not. Um, things like the Scold's Bridal never really existed. What's um, that? And the Iron Maiden in its form that you may have seen. Yeah, but the rack's real, the, the garrote's real, the yeah. sitting someone on a post, the a the, pointy post is real. Yeah, what about real. the one they put in, into a woman and then, like, the medieval... Uh, yeah. yeah, that's the post, that's the post thing when they put some weights on their legs, that's, 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 that's real. Oh, that's just anything awful. Anything involving that entrance is real. Yeah, they um, loved it, they loved yeah. sticking stuff up there. It's a bit, it's a bit cool. And, but, um, do you remember in, tower, in Tallinn there's a tower called Kicking the Cock? <laughs> is there? Okay, why is it not coming up now? The centre, Barnet. No, they've purged most of their internet history. Um, uh, there was a massive, there was a really big thread on um, Jamie's uh, Crazy David Icke forum yeah. about. Hang on, um, what? I, I, crazy. I, admittedly, I did go and see David Icke at Wembley. Yeah, all right. There's a, there's a there's a thread on the Crazy David Icke forum. Not about, that I believe. Um, about um, former members of this cult. 
I'm, uh, I'm sure I googled it once and something. I, I googled up. it because there was a guy at this yeah. tube giving out leaflets. I remembered. I remember. Uh, oh, the, how long ago was that? The cult is called two years. The cult is called the Emin, and the Emin is short for the eminent weirdos or yes. something yeah so this is a play group but it's attached to a, the, cu- a cult church yeah, yeah a cult so church. that's why the emin um the emin was as as essentially um about paying them money, money. so right so it's, a, it's a paying them paying these people money cult the emin society is an esoteric movement based on the work of raymond armin um also known as leo he was, was probably a mattress salesman from arkansas um, this is what they all are was he? He died started in, in London. So in snake oil salesman, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, so he started working life. All right. So he started his working life as an apprentice in Boreham Wood. Then. Oh, so he's around from around here. He's from yeah. around here, and then he started a furniture. He's, he's like a barn in L. Ron Hubbard. Yeah. Yes. He's like a poor man's L. Ron Hubbard. I can't wait for Louis Theroux Scientologist film to be released. Oh no, neither can I. Have you seen the other one? The 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 other Scientologist. Scientology movie, the recent one. No. Um, my my mate's got, got me a book called Going Clear. That's the film. Yeah, the yeah, documentary. My, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, my mate's got me a book called Going Clear, and as I said in the last podcast, yeah. it's moved. I haven't read it, and it's moved to three different houses. And yeah. all I do is it sits by my bed, making me feel guilty. Well, watch the documentary; it's great. Yeah, um, I, that's, that's like I stop uh, reading books. I just start listening to audiobooks. Yeah. Um, the philosophy is. Too wishy-washy. Uh, it is very w- wishy-washy, isn't it's it? It's wishy-washy. All right, hang on, hang on. Let's. Right, I tell you what. Every sphere with a symbolic name like amethyst or ruby represents a level of consciousness. They, up till recently, they had an entry on Cult Watch, which said they were Doomsday Cults. Only, only you would believe that you would read a, a website called Cult Watch. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, that's the thing because I thought, um, you know, it seems quite, you know. This little acorns kind of theme into well, oaks. It's just giving examples. Like, yeah, it's, kind of, it's, it's indoctrination. Well, it's indoctrination. Yeah, it? Little indoctrination. acorns. Well, here's some. In, here's some examples of the the books they've published. Right, so you're, you're on their Wikipedia. Page, I talk yeah, to, I talked to a mum um, uh, at a ballet class, and she said she had taken her child to the little acorns thing. It just seemed a bit weird. She said, but she didn't know it was linked to this cult. I said, oh yeah, it's linked to this cult. But as you that's, said, that's why. It as you said, you wouldn't take Astrid or Joseph in there no. because if they decided, just, just in case they decided that that this day is actually the Kool Aid day, where everyone drinks Kool Aid, or, or or the blowing up the place day. Oh, God knows when that is. I mean, it'd be nice if they well, published look, it. Look at the names um, of these books. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and then just kill everyone. The trilogy: Frownstrong, Gemrod. Dear Dragon, The Blue Book Writing. Yeah, but have you read Gemrod? Cobwebs and Tears, A Study to Inform and Prepare. Inform and Prepare what? Doomsday. Have you have you read Dear Have you read Dear Dragon? No. It's proper good. What are these books? <laughs> this is nonsense. This is, these are publications linked but, to the Emin. The Emin side. Yeah. It is it anything to do with Tracy Emin? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be good, wouldn't it? It's sort of for eminent something. So like what's that. it say about the temple? So it's like a uh, Lovecraftian sort of. History. I don't know. It's no. I, I looked it up and apparently the only criticism was that it's a bit homophobic, as all religions are. And that was the only criticism I could find of it. In 1985, Emin established a centre in the Netherlands. In the 90s, it founded the Gemrod Foundation, which organised esoteric workshops, courses on clairvoyance and aura reading. I, I remember the Church of Christ. Do you remember them? They London Tonight used to have loads of things about them. They kept on getting vulnerable kids off the street and then not letting them see their families and stuff oh, like that. Right. Yeah, and the, the, the Church of Christ, they were somewhere Camden area. 
And anyway, they tried to indoctrinate me in the street. I think what they did was, because I was like a young-looking, floppy-haired, skinny kind of guy, I think they just pick on people they look, who looks vulnerable. Oh, okay. Obviously, I'm not vulnerable. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a towering intellect. And, and uh, Joke. And they, uh, and they tried to argue me about religion. And obviously, I was like... Oh yeah! You oh yeah! I love this. Love, and I just, we just, I just argued with them in the street for like 15, 20 minutes, and they were going. But um, I remember them saying pornography is sick and wrong, and I was like, Nah, mate, you're wrong. And they were arguing. Yeah, I remember they, you telling me about that. Yeah, oh, it was brilliant. So I was just like, Bring it on. Past Tottenham Court Road, the Scientology one, where they say come in for a stress test. Yeah. yeah. So they they try and they Dianetics. Know, so yeah, the Dianetics. So as you do the test, you're looking around, and they've got all this uh, this. Um, Ron L. Hubbard shit around you, just these mystery I wanted, I looked videos. Up, um, I wanted to make some crap. of those. Those, they, they, yeah, it's crap. As yeah. you're doing these dianetics, the e meters, which are which are what they do to the do the cold readings, that the readings of. Um, yeah, uh, you hold onto those two rods, yeah. and, and it's a little it does, dial, isn't it? All it does like is, is um, measure the body's resistance. And it's such a simple circuit, and they charge thousands of dollars for this piece of equipment that's just a plastic fascia on something that measures the body's resistance. Yeah, but Scientology is bullshit shocker. Yeah, but I think, you know, and and if you're a member of Scientology... That's in that going... Going clear. clear. Going clear, yeah, yeah, that's it. So so if you're a a member of Scientology, you have have to buy one of these things, and they cost a fortune. What is what is weird is last time I did a podcast, um, we talked lots about Scientology. Uh, so it's like everything comes back to Scientology. Well, it's it's kind of it's kind of interesting and scary. It, you know, it's well interesting. I love it. I'm completely I'm completely uh, interested in. You cults. just have to you just have to wonder what's in it for the the high profile. I was thinking of um, who, who the most famous female. Scientologists because they had it's, these it's, the, they had um, the Leah Rimini from King of Queens yeah her it's not her anymore because she, she left because yeah. that's what we're it's talking now, about it's, it's now, Julia Lewis isn't it oh yeah and Kirsty who's the woman in Cheers Kirsty Alley but also my boss he is becoming a mason no um, yeah and my mate you, you're not supposed to tell people if you're becoming a mason are you? yeah well apparently you you can tell people but it's not something that you readily advertise okay. but my I think my un- my great uncle something like that, he's a mason um, a couple of my mates are masons um, and also um, there's some other people I know who are all masons but the point is there's quite a few people I know who are masons um, and, and I've looked into it and also I've heard about it it's absolute nonsense like you've got to you've got to learn passages from this book yeah. to recite so you've got to learn that off the cuff hey Josephine Stacey's now wandering around so, with a so, baby on the hip, so looking why like. Would you, uh, why would you join? What What do they get out of it? They, they, a I mean, natural it's, mother. It's right? Career progression. Well, it's career pro- progression. But if, if, I mean, it's all the police, the uh, Masons. That's why they're famous. That's why I like um, Endeavour, the the early Inspector Morse, because you get all the police corruption of the Masons in the fifties. Yeah, it's like, well, the the point is, if yeah. it's if the Masons is not for getting ahead. Of other people and inside dealing, what's the point of it? But, but that's the same thing with Scientology. Scientology must be for people to get ahead in Hollywood or in the music industry. Yeah, well, look something. how many people are, are, are science, famous people are Scientologists. But it's, what it's do nuts. they get out of it? Do you know Beck? Beck is. Beck's yeah, but second, wasn't he born second, into it though? Second, second generation. Yeah. At least. And I don't think that's done his career too much good because he's. Well, I mean, who, who listens to Beck nowadays? Well, he's got a devil's haircut. Wait, talking of haircut, I've just been to have a haircut. And so I've got that kind of 
almost boy band. Did they actually take any hair off you? Oh, mate, it was so long before. Uh, okay. It was probably long. I had like a Kurt Russell 80s mullet. No, I don't see you for a while. I need to get a haircut. Yeah. Be right, I think we, I think we should chat? probably wrap this up. Yeah, I think. Uh, good, good chat, guys. It was a good chat. Yeah. We covered. We didn't cult, even talk about. We didn't even jobs. talk about our watches. What a shame. No, but do you want to plug your? Do you want to plug your company? In what way, Frederick Effects? By Frederick Effects, that's it. Frederick.co.uk. Yeah. Frederick.co.uk. Yeah. Cloakaudio.co.uk. And do you want to plug your band? Oh. Uh, I haven't got a website yet. Uh, Hello, man's hand, (laughs) and I'm going to plug the podcast, the early late night review show. Is that it? Yeah, that's it. it. Yeah. Why? What are you going to say? No, nothing on there. Oh, all right. Bye bye. Thank you.